everybody to an exclusive episode of The Sheriff. Guys, today I am blessed to have a gentleman that actually drafted me to the Ontario Hockey League. He's had such a big influence in my career, guys. And man, I don't even know if we're going to have enough time to cover his whole career. But Mr. Mark Hunter, how are you doing tonight, my friend? Very good, Sean. How are you doing? I guess you got to call you the sheriff now, do I? It's the that's the nickname, is it? Well, yeah, I mean it, it is the nickname, Mark. But like, what I've recently been faced is I've been in contact with the original sheriff, Scott Parker, right? Okay. And we're we're buddies now, but when we first came in contact, he made it know that he was the original sheriff. He respects that I'm the sheriff as well because he knows that, you know, I can do the job and carry on the name. But I told him that he's the original, I'm carrying on the name, and I appreciate you calling me Sheriff Mark because you're, you're, a, you're a huge influence on me. And we're going to get into all that because you, you were pretty much, you know, the, the maker of my OHL career by drafting me. But before we get into any of that, Mark, I want to talk about Petrolia, Ontario, my friend. I want to talk about where it all began. Now, I just want to make sure I'm right. You were actually born in Petrolia, right, Mark? 100%. Uh, uh, Dale, myself, uh, my uh, Dave, and then my oldest brother, Ron, and my two sisters, and grew up on a farm. And uh, you know what? Uh, it was a good life, but it was a tough life. Uh, you grew up with some tough knocks and... You knew what uh, work ethic was and, and working on the farm and, uh, you know, helping uh, your family get ahead to, to feed everybody. Yes. Now, I mean, Mark, we're going to talk about the farm because, man, I don't know any other family that is as disciplined, is as tough, and has had as much success as yours in hockey. I mean... All three brothers, man. I mean, I, I played for you in junior. You guys are like, there, you, you, there's so many stories about the hunters, right? And like some of the stories that stick out to me, Mark, are stories that I've heard, like through Dylan and, and Steady and those guys, that they told me about the way that you guys were brought up was old school, you guys were old school. And when I say old school, I'm saying it in a very good way. Because I miss some of that old school, Mark. It's not like that anymore, okay? Things are very soft these days, and we're going to talk about that as well. But one thing that I remember Dylan Hunter, for example, telling me is that when you guys were younger, you guys would settle every single disagreement with a scrap, right? But as soon as the scrap was over, Mark, you guys would have your arms around each other and you guys would be even closer than before the disagreement. And like, I just like that type of mentality I took with me and, and I appreciate getting some of it, man. And, and I'd love for you to talk about some of that stuff. Well, you know what, as many, you know, together so much, you know, back then we didn't have vacations. It was our vacation was our farm. So you're together all the time. Of course, you're going to have disagreements and then disagreements sometimes turn into a battle. And that battle was settled. And when it was settled, we moved on and uh, to the next thing. So, and, and I think one thing we learned from each other, being around each other, that, Sean, it's like no grudges. 
you know what, it was it was settled. Let's move on to 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 what we're going to do next. And uh, so that it was a good life. I mean, you can't beat the farm for that. And I think it shows you. It brings character and loyalty and and uh, out in uh, people. And I think that's uh, I think that's important to have uh, anybody's character. It sure is, my friend. And like you guys really took it to another level, though, because I'll tell you what, Mark. When I first met you, the thing that came that the thing that I noticed first was the intensity. You're very intense, okay? And when when you meet someone with an intensity level like that, you got to try to match it on some level because if you don't, it's just not going to be a good conversation. So like I remember meeting you, you stuck out your hand, you gave me a big firm handshake, and hello, Sean, I'm Mark, I'm Mark Hunter. And I just remember thinking, like, man, oh, man, I got to step up my game now. Hey, Mark, I'm Sean McMorrow. How are you doing? And I just it, I just appreciate that intensity because when I show it, I, I, rede- I release endorphins. So I, I'm attracted to that kind of stuff. And you guys are all about it. So did you feel that intensity is one of your strong points? Yeah, yes, it is. I mean, I, I think people, you know what, uh, I would like to lose the odd young man because – you know, I'm, I'm too intense and too passionate about what we're doing. And, and, uh, I mean, yourself, like Sean, back then I wanted to make sure you understand what you, what you need to do to be a hockey player. And, you know, I remember I, one time you were, you were late for something. And so I picked you up at six o'clock in the morning and you skated with my young kids team. And, and there was no, there was no barking about it, but you know what? We want to make sure you learn to, to know what what's on time, be on time, be responsible, and you know what? I think one thing we do in the organization, myself and Dale, that done over the years, and myself is, is that you know what? I, I wanted to get you better as a person, but I want to show you that I had passion, but actually I cared about you also, Sean. So, and to get you better. So I, I think I think you've seen that, I, and I, you know, over the years, uh, I've, I've we've dealt with a lot of players, and you know, a lot of players come back to London, Sarnia that. You know that I had their backs, and which is important to anybody that you work with, that you have somebody's back, and I, I think that's so important. And I think sometimes that's missing in coaching. I mean, it's still that human thing there, and we get away from being a human, and the human thing is uh, caring for people. Yeah, it sure is, Mark. And like, and trust me, I, I did recognize it. I do recognize it. Those things that you just mentioned. And, and trust me, it meant a lot to me. And I carried that on throughout my career. And I was proud, Mark. Like, like when I would go, when I would play in certain leagues or go to certain teams and, like, you know, stuff would come up about coaches and stuff. And I'd be like, you know, I, I was coached by Mark Hunter, you know. And, and they would ask me, like, I was so proud to say that. You know what I mean? Like, I loved being a hunter guy. So <laughs> there's, there's two. No, I'm serious. And, I, you know, I, I was talking to Prust. We, we had a, and, and, you know, I want to welcome in my co-host Kyle Warner right now, Mark, you know, this was a, a great surprise. You know, we started and then I, I saw the messages and, you know, I wasn't expecting Kyle today, but boom, this is a bonus right here, Mark. Sorry, everybody, for uh, being a little late, Mark. Uh, I'm sure I'll be uh, in a bag skate tomorrow for being late to your show. And, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I had a, a little hiccup and a family emergency I had to deal with. I apologize for all the uh, listeners, but I'm, I'm here now and ready to go. Awesome, Good. awesome. Mark, I, you know what? When I was thinking of certain stories and stuff, 
I totally forgot about that 6 a.m. bag skate that I got myself into. I forgot about that, Mark. So that was it, it was it was your nephew's team. Who, who it was, was young, it that I skated it was with? Team. It was my young boys team. My oldest son, who's uh, they were playing, and I said, you know what? We had six o'clock practice, and you know what? I want to get you out of bed. I want you get you skating with these guys, and and uh, uh, it was uh, it, it was good for you. It, you needed to be woke up a little bit, and uh, um, it was uh, something that we did. And I think now you remember that getting up in the morning and about five thirty, five o'clock, and getting to the rink at six and skating around and uh, us uh, pushing you to, to work harder. So it was all good. Okay. Now, just so the listeners know, Mark was not only my boss in London, but in Sarnia as well. And Mark, I'm pretty sure that this was the Sarnia time. Yes, this is Sarnia time, 100%. Yeah, this was the Sarnia time. So this was my first go around with you. Now, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to talk about, now there's so much to talk about with the London Knights, buddy, and, and we're, I can't wait to get into that because that's, that's a record-breaking team, and, and it's unreal. And trust me, we're going to get to that. But, Mark, your career, man, the 12 seasons, okay, when you – now, you were a first overall pick to then the OHA. Now it's obviously the OHL, but, but it was called the OHA then. You were the first overall pick. Yes. You didn't disappoint at all. Because you stepped in there, pretty much got a point per game. And by looking at the PIM totals, you obviously made your mark on the physical side as well. Yeah, we did. You know what? Uh, I played with some good players there, Mike Bowder. And uh, you know what? It was a, it was an honor to get drafted first overall. Um, uh, you know what? Uh, I was more it was more of a power forward than a, you know, a skilled guy. And, uh, you know, I was fortunate to go first overall to in the OHL and OHA, I guess, at that time. And uh, then I get drafted by Montreal and and uh, made the Canadians at 19 and, uh, you know, played with guys like Bob Ganey and Larry Robinson. You know what? It was such a learning experience for myself to what, you know, even another level, what the team's all about, how to form a team, how to be a good teammate. Um, I, I think them kind of important things that that over my career as playing is I think it's so important for any player to be a good teammate because if you're a good teammate, you're usually a good person. And uh, so I know, Sean, that's one thing like yourself was, you know, people can look back. You were a good teammate. You, you cared for other people. Uh, you wanted to win and you want to help other people out. And, and that's one thing we, myself, Dale and I, we, we were taught from, from the, you know, the, the, the pro players that played a long time and were Hall of Famers. So, you know, back then, that's one thing I think that we're excellent with. And I, I, I don't know if players are getting away from that a little bit, but I, I think that's one thing. Older players have to help other younger players out and not be worried about losing their job, but helping them to be a, a good person and be a good hockey player and a good teammate. Yes. Now, you were also, you mentioned getting drafted to Montreal, Mark. So you were, you were a very high pick, right? You were a fir- yes. first-round pick. Now, you almost netted 20 in your rookie year. So you, you, you didn't, you, you weren't, you weren't cold at all in the beginning. Like you, you, you produce right away, but what impresses me the most buddy is that we talked about it a little bit, like before we actually started is those years in Montreal. I mean, when I think back to the NHL, like I think of you on Montreal, I also think 
of the rivalry between the Quebec Nordiques and the Montreal Canadiens, right? And yes. I, I'm sure you might know where I'm going with this. Like, you guys had some some really big, you know, brawls and, and big games, <laughs> big rivalries, right? And, and like, went back in Petrolia, you guys are playing road hockey, whatever type of hockey, man. If Dale's gonna get chippy, man, you're not gonna you're not gonna back down, right? You're gonna, you're gonna <laughs> stand your ground. Same thing happened in the National Hockey League, Mark. Can you tell me about that when you and Dale, you know, fought in that brawl? Like that was, that was uh, it was a wild game, and uh, I still remember that's you know what it started where Dale was and Guy Carbonell kind of had a little bit of a you know scrum, and there were pushing around and then it broke out and then John Amell got suckered by uh, Lewis Slager. And so we're sitting in the dressing room and I'm sitting beside Chris Nyland, myself, Steve Shutt. Of course, Shutty, uh, Steve Shutt was a goal scorer. I said, well, Mark and Knox, we can't let this guy get away with this, doing this. So we have to do something. So anyways, Chris Nyland fought the heavier weights. He was, he was, he was a true heavyweight and he could, he could handle himself. So, Lewis Lager was in my category more. And uh, so, of course, uh, skating around, you know, start of the, they let everybody out. Well, Bruce, I think it was Bruce Hood, I think was the referee, if I remember correctly here. And so he let everybody back out on the ice, which was a mistake, Sean. We should have never been back out on the ice. We go back out on the ice and first thing we're skating around. So I dropped my gloves with Lewis Slager and we tried to fight and couldn't get at each other because the lion's been grabbed up, you know, because they were the first guys to drop the gloves again. And, so then, anyways, they got Lewis Slager off the ice, and then Dale was carrying on. Then Dale and another guy was fighting. There was two guys on too. So of course, I just like in the old days, we were young kids. I jumped on Dale's back and rolled him around, and we fought a bit. And but it was kind of different because I'm sure the parents, my both my parents were sitting in the stands, and you see both <laughs> your sons going around on Hockey Night in Canada, and uh, and uh, you know the the, the announcers going crazy, and the fans are going crazy. So it, it was a it was a it was headlines in the paper the next day saying the Hunter boys fighting and uh, carrying on. So it, it was a big hoopla and it was, it was a lot of action and a lot of stuff going on. And Sean, I think you would have fit in very well there on that kind of game for sure. Man, but wasn't it such a different game back then, Mark, compared to now? Like, yes. Like yes. night and day, eh? Like, man. Yeah. So, that okay, so like the first time that I saw that, Mark, with you and Dale, like the first thing that came to my mind was if these guys are gonna do that, like I don't think it, could, it, it would happen now because guys aren't committed enough, they're they don't, they're, they're not, it's not, it seems like it's not as important as it used to be, like the team stuff, you know what I mean, doing it for the team, taking it for the team. And I'm talking about blocking shots, buddy. I'm talking about fighting. I'm talking about like a lot of things that disappoint me in today's game, today's NHL, right? When I first saw you guys going at it like that, I'm like, man, does everybody ever want to have a guy like that on their team? <laughs> if they're willing to do that as brothers, battle it for their team, the honor of their jersey. doesn't matter who's on the other side. After the game... Hey, have a beer, shake hands. But during the war, it's a battlefield. And Mark, that's what it was about when you played, man. And and it just like you can hear me in my voice. It just gets my 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 the, the so, juices flowing, man. Right? <laughs> just talking about it. 
right? So quick question though, Mark, did it, did, did it make for like an awkward Thanksgiving or like were you guys over it pretty much immediately? <laughs> you know what, it was, again, you know what, we go back to our younger days when I talked earlier about it, when it was over, it was over with, we knew we were here for our uh, Montreal Canadians and Dale was here for the Quebec Nordiques and once the once we put our suits back on, it was, it was back to being uh, family again. So it, it was over with. So it wasn't. And you know what? We've had our fights, and we still have our fights. When we, even with the London Knights, uh, even us old guys, we still argue. And and the next day, we get up in the morning, away we go again, and uh, and try to get our team better and try to get our players better. So it's uh, it's an ongoing thing. I I think in any business, especially the sports business, there's a lot of passion and a lot of you know a lot of uh, you know, everybody has an idea what they want, how to get it done, how a player should play and how a player should get better. And, and uh, you know what, uh, so there's going to be disagreements and it's how you work with them through them disagreements. I think that makes organizations strong and you can't just sit there and agree with each other either because there's, there's some harsh decisions you got to make. And I, I agree. Sorry, go ahead, Kyle. No, I just said agreed. Like, absolutely. Oh, yes. I mean, yeah, agreed a hundred percent. Mark, also, I, just to kind of add to that, I think it is also important because there's a lot of components that need to go in line for there to be success, right? And sometimes just being in the right situation and just be, let, letting your true player like play out can be a big difference. And man, I, we, again, we talked about it before the show, Mark. The next team that you go to, the St. Louis Blues, man, I was going to ask you, I don't see an all-star selection but I see all-star numbers, right? I see a point per game, almost three straight seasons. Things really worked out for you in St. Louis. Yeah, they did. You know what? I was very fortunate. I played with Doug Gilmore and Bernie Federico, two great centermen. So it, wow. it, it, worked, out. it worked out well. It, it, I played in that, uh, we used to call it the Chuck Norris division uh, because it was there was a lot of big guys, a lot of fighting, a lot of carrying on. And so it, it was a division that if you paid the price, you're going to get goals. You're going to get assists and maybe a little slower than uh, the Montreal Canadians. I forget what's the other was the Smythe division. So, uh, yeah. so it was a, it was a division that uh, if you paid the price and you wanted to get involved, you get goals. And I was, I was going to the net and I had a good centerman and uh, I was fortunate enough to uh, get some points in the, in the, in the thing and actually you know what uh, we had a good run there the, our first year in 86 we went all the way to the semifinals and almost got to the finals with uh, you know with not a lot of star players but we had a good team and i think uh, i think it's important as again everybody has to push in the right direction and and we and that team did and people played to their best of their abilities the chuck norris division you didn't hear the Chuck Norris? <laughs> I've never heard that. I was man. thinking the same thing. <laughs> I can't believe I haven't heard that. That's that's amazing. So so you so that division was known as the toughest division at that oh, time, yeah. Mark. Oh yeah, guys, you had you go you go into Detroit. You had Probert Kosher. Then you oh, went into uh, Chicago. You went into you played Secord, Kurt Fraser. Then you went into Toronto. You had Wendell Clark. Gary Nyland, guys, it was the Chuck Norris division. It was, that's what we called the boys. Oh, called, well, here's the Chuck Norris division. It's all the tough guys are here. So. <laughs> and, 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 and Cordic, Cordic was on Toronto too during that time, yes, wasn't he? he was. Yes, he was. He was just a young guy at the time. Very young, but uh, it was, it was a tough, it was a tough division. And uh, it, it was, uh, there was lots of, lots, lots of that stuff going on. 
but uh, and you know what's funny is uh, you know what a guy like Dougie Gilmore people that was he was very young in his career boys if you would have seen him at that time he was he was pretty special even at that time and he had no fear and and uh, you know he was not a big guy but he was a he was a very passionate guy and very talented player yeah and and you obviously had the opportunity to also play with Dougie with Calgary as well Yes, we did. Yes, yeah. we did. And there was yeah. a very big year when you went to Calgary, my friend. And yes, there was. Yeah, please, Mark, please. Well, you know what? We were we were lucky. I, I went there and you know what? I was put in a different role. And uh, you know what? We had three, four really good lines. We had a lot of depth. Uh, you had toughness. You had skill. You had, you know, had a young guy like Gary Roberts at that time, Joe Newendike. And we had Mike Vernon in net. We had uh, Rob Ramage and Al McGinnis. We had pretty well everything covered to win. But we had a tough goal, though. Montreal Canadiens that year. We played Montreal in the finals. They had a really good team. They had Shane Corson. You know, Bob Ganey was latter in his career, but he was still a good player. Larry Robinson. So it, it was a... Uh, it was a really interesting series. If you go back and look and fans want to take a look at it and see both teams, how many Hall of Famers are on both sides. It's amazing. It's amazing. So for fans who are watching this, go back and look at how many Hall of Famers there was. It's, it's off the charts on both teams that, uh, that uh, were playing at that time. And that's why it was such a great series. We, we won well, in yes, six. I mean, I mean Mark, the, the, the names that stuck out to me, because I did look at your team, because I'm like, man, they, they won the cup. Let me see who's on this team, right? So I'm seeing Lanny McDonald. Yeah. Right? I've seen Joe Mullen. Joe Mullen is probably the best American player of all time. Right. Yes. I'm seeing Dougie. I'm I'm seeing tough Tim Hunter. I know there's no relation there, but I know you guys are buddies, right? Yeah. My assistant coach in London, Rick Natras. Rick Natras. <laughs> Natras was there, and then of course Mike Vernon and Netman. That's another name that stood out with me. But what I noticed is, did you guys have the Grim Reaper that year too? Grim Reaper played a little bit too. Yes, he was. Yes, he did. Because it was back then. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what? Again, you know what? You're playing uh, Edmonton Oilers. You know, we played Vancouver. Uh, they had they had a lot of tough players at, uh, uh, you know, what? So Winnipeg. So there was there was a need of it. You know, you had Dave Brown that was playing in Edmonton, you know. So mm-hmm. uh, Stewie, you know, and, and there's Tim Hunter. And you know what? There was there was lots of action going on. There was lots of, lots of stuff that... Uh, it's a, that you don't see as much anymore, but uh, the game has changed, and that's uh, I don't know if it's for the better, but it has changed, uh, Sean. So, yeah. Now that year in Calgary, like when you guys won the Cup Hunt, so the city of Calgary is obviously fired up for this playoff run because they know they got the team for for the for the Cup. Now, you guys, did you guys win at home or was it on the road? It was in Montreal. We it was uh, won. in Montreal. Yes, it was. That was pretty special. Right? That was the first time that, they, that anybody's ever won a cup in Montreal against Montreal Canadiens right in their home building. So it was really? pretty special to, to win uh, in Montreal and fly back home and, you know, be a part of that legacy to beat them. And, you know, what? we had a good enough team, too. It's kind of a shame, Sean, is that we should have won more. Um, you know, we lost the seventh game against uh, L.A. The next year and, you know what? That's why it's game of inches. When you have a chance to win, guys, uh, it's you better put it together because it slips away pretty quickly. And uh, and you see teams that have really good teams, and all of a sudden you get to the semifinals a couple of times. 
look at the San Jose Sharks here, guys. They've had some really good teams, and now they're on their downside. I mean, they didn't make the playoffs the last two years. So, boy, when you get a chance to win, you better grab it. So, it's uh, – but anyways, all good. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, I just wanted to, like, talk about uh, just the, the, the short experience in Washington because you, you got to play with your brother before you hung him up, right? And that yeah, team you know was what? pretty solid, too. Yeah, it was. And you know what? I was a latter part of my career. And, uh, you know, I did get to play there for a bit. I think I played seven games. I didn't get enough done. And uh, I ended up getting sent down, guys, to Baltimore. And uh, it's kind of a funny story. It was Barry Trotz was a coach. He was his first year as a coach, Barry Trotz. And so I go down there. And, and uh, so I'm playing for a bit and for the Baltimore. And then all of a sudden, he comes up to me and said, Hunts, uh, I'm going to make you the captain. And I go, geez, Trotz, I really don't want to be the captain. He goes, well, why don't you want to be the captain? So I, I said, I will never have a chance to go back up because usually the captain of American League never gets called up. So I said, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed about it afterwards. And I didn't get called up because the captains of a team never gets called up. So, but anyways, it was, it was good down there. I had some good young players. So it was, you know, everything's a good experience if you, if you take it the right way, you know what? I know people get bitter if they do this or that, but you know, kind of my attitude. I got sent down. I go, geez, I'm going to make the best of it, and you know, and uh, you know, I made some relationships and end up being the captain of the team. So you know, it was interesting. It was good stuff. So now, Hans. So now you like it, it wasn't a very long time before you got right into the coaching. So like, what what was it that drew you to that so quickly? Was it just an opportunity that came up, or or had you been kind of building towards that your last couple of years playing? You know what, uh, and that's one thing. I, I I when I got done playing, you know what, I, I mean, I wasn't uh, I wasn't going to start another business. I didn't think so. I, I wanted to get back into hockey, and you know what, I knew I, I didn't have uh, you know the the career of a Bob Ganey or a, a Bobby Clark or, or some of them elite players. So, you know what, you, you got to start from bottom and, and scratch yeah. yourself up. So I ended up coaching junior B and uh, did a good job and uh, ended up getting the job in Sarnia and was coaching there and uh, um, drafted Sean McMorrow. And uh, um, so I was the manager coach at that time. And so I, you know what, I had Eric Bolton. I mean, you've seen Eric Bolton played, had a long career, he, yep. was a, he was a hard-nosed kid, boys, and you know what? Uh, uh, it was a player that just got better and better and, and knew his role and did his role to his, the best of his abilities. And, uh, I mean, it's the same as you, Sean. I mean, that's what, uh, you know, what I was proud to be. You know, one thing that's at the end, it's nice to see you guys do well and, and, and do well in your career and enjoy what you're doing and, and being a good teammate and, uh, um, and, and be involved in the game of hockey in any which way. I mean, announcers, there's so many different avenues for you guys to, to be back involved in hockey. Yes, 100%. Now, Hans, just because we're, we're on Sarnia right now, Sarnia ended up getting a, a pretty state-of-the-art arena a few years before I got there, before you drafted me. Now, I never saw the arena downtown, the, the, the one before the one okay. that, that, right? Now, I had heard that it was like a smaller arena. The fans were right on top of you, a small ice surface. And man, that's pretty scary if Mark Hunter has a decision on what kind of team plays in that arena every game. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Now, I had also heard that 
when you first got there, Sarnia, was Sarnia kind of like an expansion team? Like, Yeah, it was. It was an expansion team that came in from New Market. It was a team that was in last place. And you know what? We needed to find some identity. And you know what? People are rolling over top of us all the time. And we had this little building. You know what? We were going to be tough to play against. And you know what? Fans in Sarnia were blue-collar people. They want to see blue-collar hockey. They didn't want to see... You know, I don't know. They didn't want to see that. I know the fans. I know this area. I know they wanted to see some hard nose games. So we had, we brought in guys like Eric Bolton, uh, yeah. Mike Hansen. Guys, we had a tough Richard Irwin. I mean, we had some guys there. I remember talking to DJ Smith, who's the head coach of uh, Ottawa, and he was in Windsor. And he goes, his team was petrified coming in because <laughs> we had a tough team and and we were going to take the body and we we're going to be in their face all night long. So, you know what? Uh, it was a good brand of hockey. The fans came out in droves. It was sold out every night. The atmosphere was off the charts. We had a guys like Trevor Latowski, Johnny Sim, who were great skill hockey players. I even drafted Sean. Now Johnny Sim's brother's coming into London this year, Landon Sim. So really? So it's awesome. Yes. So it's, uh, I, I'm getting old. So when I see his son, who I, I coached his, I coached the dad, and now I drafted the, uh, his son into London, so he's coming in. So it's pretty cool, the relationships you build, uh, you know, the the players that you see come and go and, and end up having careers. So um, in Sarnia, you know what, guys, we had good players. Um, and it, you know what, some of these players had some good careers. Really good careers, Hans. And, like, I just wanted to add to the whole, you know, Smith saying that how how terrified he was to come into that building, right? You have to understand, Hunts. Like, I'm, I'm. When I was a rookie, I was very observant. I think every rookie for the first half of the year, like, their your eyes are huge, and you're just looking at everything, right? I remember we had a game in Owen Sound, okay? And remember Rob, Robbie Polinuk, man, right? Oh yeah. So oh, yeah. Robbie Polinuk is going up his wing, and he gets knee on knee hit, and goes down, and it was a big defenseman on Owen Sound. And Paulie went down. The ref didn't even see it. No penalty called. And we're just like, geez, like, right? Paulina comes to the bench. You go behind him. You put your hands on his shoulders. And you say, Rob, how hard have you worked to get to this level? Rob's like, I've worked really hard, Hans. You're going to let a player like that try to end your career? Or are you going to let him know that he's never going to do that again? Rob goes out there, tunes the guy up. We score right after, win, job done, right? <laughs> There's not too many coaches that can get to players like that, Hunts. And you can do that, my friend. Uh, Robbie was, uh, he was an outstanding man. Uh, he was, uh, he was a guy that played a hard game and, and uh, you know what? He was, he, he was one of the players. He was a captain of uh, Sarnia at the end. So he was a, he was a guy that uh, helped teammates out and uh, played that kind of style of game. So he was, he, was, he was a good player. And, Hans, just to add to that as well, I had the experience of playing against Robbie in pro because he was on the St. John's Maple Leafs, right, when I was in Rochester. This was my first couple of years pro. And I'll tell you what. Because I was an AHL guy and was able to see what that grind was all about, a guy like Robbie, he wasn't under NHL contract. He made that team in training camp, earned an AHL contract, 
And he played. He had games in those seasons. Like, he wasn't a 10, 15-game guy. Like, he played 60-plus games, right? So that just goes to show the type of character that guys like th- – that, that you groomed. The guy had no business being there. But because of his character, he was there, right, as a, as a walk-on or whatever his situation was, right? And, I remember. And that, yeah, sorry. Go I- ahead, Hans. I remember one of the stories too, uh, guys here, Sean, and we're playing in Kingston. I don't know if you remember this story or not. And I don't know what Larry Mavity, who was a old time coach and, yep. and we had, we were having a tough game and, and I think it was a Cloutier guy. I think it was Cloutier. I think it was, you were, you, you had, you're fighting him, right? Yeah. And, and I don't know if you remember this, Sean, but you were fighting him. And it was a, it was, it was a fight. And all of a sudden, Sean, you were doing well in between. He blows a bubble and looks at the coach, snaps it back into his mouth, and then goes back fighting again. We had it on tape. It was amazing. We, Dale and I looked at it the next day and goes, how tough is this guy, Sean McMore? In between the fight, he was a guy trying to hurt him. He blows a bubble, sucks it back in, and then gets back to the and, and winks at the coach, Larry Mavity, when he was doing all that. It was amazing. It was it was just a story I never forgot in my career uh, about you, Sean. So I don't know if you ever told that story before, but we've seen it reviewed it and looked at it and we were amazed by it. So it was interesting. Well, the backstory to that, Hunts, was obviously that was the team that I came from that, that, that you, tra- you know, like you traded for me and I was on Kingston, right? Cause it was me for sweet Lou Dickinson. Right. So yes. I was on Kingston played seven games for them, you know, a similar situation with you on Washington. Then I got traded to you guys and then we're back in Kingston. So I was just like, yeah, you know, you know how it is when you get traded, right? You all, you want to show up your old team. So, but at the time, Hans, I can't get over how much confidence I had at certain times. Cause that I'm, I'm an adult now thinking about it, like how you just thought about it. And I'm like, I can't believe I did it either. My man. (laughs) It was amazing actually. (laughs) So Hans. So now. Yeah, sorry. I, I had a curious question for you, Mark. So clear, it's it's clear that you value uh, the character players um, greatly. Would you say obviously you need skill players to win, but when you're drafting, are you looking specifically for um, more character than than raw talent? You know what I. I, I like talent. We all like talent, but I, I think one thing I count character is being a good teammate. And if you're a good teammate, because uh, we, we have to be in the dress room for how many days altogether. We have to care about each other and, and you have to work every day and come to the dress room and, and, and not drag somebody down. So that's important to us. You know what? Cause if you don't have that, you don't win championships. Of course you got to have talent. You got to have different ingredients we can't have all six foot six defensemen that, uh, you know, just move people up front of the net. You have to have different things in your team. You have to different, but, but it still comes back to even your skill guys. They have to care about their teammates. Like Dougie Gilmore guys, he was the best teammate. Bernie Verdurko, you know, Bob Ganey. I could go through the guys that uh, uh, were, you know, were good human beings and good teammates. And uh, they're great, talented hockey players. But that ingredient, what made him great was they were good teammates and good people. Amen to that, Hans. Now, 
Kyle just asked you about the character when you're drafting guys. Now, Hans, the one thing about our show is we really like to have awareness as one of the top things going, right, for our show. I need the listeners to know what has happened to the London Knights since Mark Hunter and Dale Hunter. And who was it with you? Razzle Dazzle. Basil McRae. Since the three of you guys. Yeah. (laughs) Since the three of you guys bought the London Knights, incredibleness has happened, Mark. Now, I know you're humble about this because it's been such a long period of time that you guys have been doing this. But, Mark, it's incredible what you guys have done in London. But one of the things that I want to talk about that a lot of people kind of forget is the arena, Mark. I was there with the Ice House. I was also there the years where there was serious talks about a downtown arena. The Hunter brothers were all for it, were pushing for it, wanted it, could feel it. Everybody else, it's not going to work. There'll never be parking, room for parking downtown London, right? (laughs) You guys like just totally ignored all the critics. It went forward and it's the best thing to ever come to London that I could ever imagine. Do you agree? A hundred percent. You know, I, I, I totally agree. We were a hundred percent wanted it downtown. We really believed in it. It should be downtown. Um, the city, you know, did the mayor, Mayor DeSico, she did a great job of building this arena. She bought into it. Um, and you know what, uh, it just took off guys. It, uh, and it was such an atmosphere in there, Sean, you were there, you played there. It yeah. was, it was, it was unbelievable. And, uh, it was something that, uh, you know, to be a part of it's, uh, it, you know, what we're pretty proud of what we're, we come from when we first bought the team in 2000. We had 1,563 tickets. Now we have season tickets. Now we have 7,031 season tickets. So that's where we're at. And you know what? The fans appreciate the style of hockey we play. We play a winning style. We're very passionate about it. And you know what? Uh, There's players that come through here that, you know, love living in the city of London, are, you know, feel at home at city of London. The people make them feel at home. And, you know, our five team that, you know, I think we lost seven games all year, seven or eight. I think we lost, no, it was eight, I think. I think we had five and then we lost, we didn't play all our players the last three and we lost the last couple, last three yeah. games. So we had, you guys were we had, 79, nine and two that year. It was a 79, geez, it was, you know what? Uh, and it was amazing was. That's absurd, by the way. We didn't lose a game until the 31st game of the whole year, guys. That was <laughs> Yeah. Ridiculous. <laughs> this is the 2004-2005 season, ladies and gentlemen. The London Knights went 31 games unbeaten to start this season. They would then go on to, to win the Mem Cup. But what was most impressive is the 4 nothing shellacking against Sid the Kid and Ramuski. Just a little cherry on top. Yes, it was. And you know what? We had a checking line of, we put out Prusty and Brandon Prusts and uh, um, Dylan and uh, Trevor Kell. Uh, these yeah. guys did a heck of a job on uh, Sydney. And, you know, of course, you know, you had the Corey Perry, all he's ever done is win. And, yeah. 
he just all he does is win, guys. I mean, everybody second guess him because he doesn't look pretty, doesn't get up the ice 100 mile an hour. But at the end of the day, he just wins. And uh, so we had we had a special team. We had every ingredient that you need to win. We had toughness, we had skill, we had character, we had good goaltending, we had uh, defense. So you know what? And everybody bought into the role of being what it needs to be to win hockey games. And um, you don't win 31 in a row. And sure. that time we kept winning too because we end up losing uh, Corey Perry, Danny Surrett, and I think Robbie Shrimp went to U.S. So we lost like three or four guys to uh, Team Canada and Team USA, and we still kept winning. And then we end up losing uh, the 31st game. So it was a special team, guys. It was something that, uh, you know what, I don't know if anybody can repeat how many games we won. And uh, and it was a good year because it was a strike that year. So all the good players ended up staying back. And yep. you had the best players in, in junior hockey at that time. None of them made junior or made NHL. All stayed in junior. So it was it was a great it was a great thing. The fans were unbelievable, boys. They were just just ate it up. Can you yeah. speak on just a bit on like what that locker room must have been like? Like was there any stress going into 31 games one? Or were you guys just like, now we got this, no worries? <laughs> you know what? <clears throat> I think the most stress we had was going in the final game, having such a good season to, to go to one game. If you if we get beat by uh, Ramuski in the final game, you're going, oh, geez, all this good stuff we did all year long and then lose it. But they, you know what? They just... They wouldn't let that happen. I just that team just was special, and you know what? To 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 be a part of it. I mean, guy like Brandon Press, guys. This guy was a warrior, like a real warrior of game. And we had Kelly Thompson, another warrior. I mean, character and and, and I mean, played a hard game. And and then you got guys like Dylan and and Corey Perry and Danny Sarret. I could go them off, guys. Uh, Mark Mathot, Brian Rodney. I could go on and on. Dan Girardi. I mean, these guys were winners. They wanted to win. Now, Hans, do you think that Shrimp was the best stick handler you've ever seen? He was really a good stick handler guy. You're right. He was. He could really stick handle. Um, he could really shoot the puck, power play. Um, it was funny. The next year, we ended up going to the finals again, but we lost. You know, we lost a lot of most of our good players. We still had like five or six real good ones left. Our power play scored. I think we got the record for the most power play goals in the season that year. I think I think Shrimpy scored 32 power play goals himself. So <laughs> it's ridiculous how many power plays. That was the year when it all changed. There was no more hooking and grabbing. So. Yeah. It was just power play after power play after power play. So, all fairness, the how many power plays they scored it was it was it was because there was so many called. But boy, we lit it up on the power play. It was really uh, it was a team that Shrimpy could really shoot a puck and, and carry the puck in small areas. The shootout, the shootout was also, I believe, introduced that year in the NHL. Did you guys have that in junior that year as well, Mark? Do you remember? I think it's a year after we, we brought it in, I think, Sean. Okay, right on, because that would have been a treat to watch Robbie Shrimp in the shootout. Yeah, yes, it was. Yes, I think it was the next year because we brought in the next year we had Pat Kane, Sam Gagne, Sergey Steeks, and Pat Kane was, boys, he was, 
you're talking about a pretty special player. I mean, we all seen what he's done in the National Hockey League. What he did in junior, he got 146 points, I think, in 55 games. So it was pretty amazing. 146 points in 55 games? Check. It's, it's either 55 games or 56 games, but that's how many points. And the best story about that, guys, he come into us after 10 games and call me and say, hey, how you doing, Pat? What's going on? Dale and I were in the room there, and we go, yeah, you play. He, got, he had like 16 points in 10 games. You're doing pretty well. Everything's good. He says, no, guys, you haven't seen what I can do yet. Well, so what do you mean? You wait. You got 90 points in 30 games the last part of the season. It was amazing. It was amazing, guys. It was, it was amazing. The line scored. Sergey scored. Sergey Steakson was a really good player. Sam Gagne, of course, still playing the National Hockey League. That line was pretty special. So we had a good run for about four or five years there, guys, with really good players. And of course, you got Dale as a coach, and we had good coaching staff. I mean, it all has to fit together, guys. You know, one thing we don't talk about too is Sean, and and that's I think we where people don't understand why we have success is we have stability. Stability is so important to us as an organization. And, you know, we're, we're, we're here every day. We, we draft somebody. You see me at the start, Sean, at, when you're 16 yeah. and 19, uh, when you leave, I'm still here. So I think that's important to every organization have some stability. And uh, that's what we've had in your organization. And I, you know what? Uh, I think it's important to any organization. I think that the players are more proud, Mark, to play for the Knights because of that as well. Like, it's almost like it's like a family, you know? Yeah. And, like, I think it's it's a level over any of the other organizations. But one of, the, one of the most impressive things, Mark, is, I mean, the first overall selections that you guys have groomed that have been NHL first overall picks, right? Like, you got, you got Nasher, who I had the opportunity to play with. That was back in 02. And then Patrick Kane in 07. And then you got Johnny Tavares in 09. Right? Has yes. there been more? Yes. <laughs> you guys have you guys you guys have had so many top picks come out of London that it's almost like the London Knights are like kind of like an AHL of its own for the NHL. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> so many players are coming through the London Knights. You guys might as well be in the American League. Well, we, we had five guys drafted this year again. Um, I, I five? Five drafted. I think we've had the most guys drafted. Uh, uh, is it four or five? Either one. I, I'm pretty sure it's five. If you count Gilmart, um, he was coming this year. So we've had five you count Gilmart. Wow. So we've had we've had a lot of guys drafted. Um, you know what? It's You know what? I think the people that are scouts know that it's going to be development here. I think we spent a lot of time trying to groom, making sure you, just like yourself, Sean, when you're here, to understand what it takes to be a hockey player, what you have to do as a hockey player, how to get better as a hockey player. And then of course the work ethic to do it. And, and we push that to you. We, we, we don't let up. We we're constantly. And, and of course you, you talked earlier in the conversation, there's a lot of passion. There's a lot of intensity yeah. here. It's, yeah. It's not going to be all sunshine where we're going to just say it's okay that uh, uh, you're just grooving along. We want to, we want to get you better, and that's that's our goal is to do is to get guys like yourself better. Get whoever comes in an organization, we take a lot of pride in getting players better. Well, I'll give some insight to, to what a London Knight gets to experience, like being a part of this organization. I remember going into my last year. Okay, it's the summertime now. Lindsey Hofford 
had recently moved to London. I remember being at his house and having the opportunity to watch my fights with Basil McRae. Okay. And Basil's telling me like, okay, Sean, at this point was what is where you should switch to left. Because when I fought, whenever I didn't have the advantage, Sean, I would just switch and then boom back. I have the advantage. So this is where you should do it. This is where you, like, I'm getting incredible tips from an NHL fighting legend, right? Yeah. That just so happens to be a part owner of the London Knights and buddies with the <laughs> hunters and right. So like, that's, yeah, Mark, that's a huge thing for the players, man, that you guys provide. Just you guys being who you are, that's a big deal to everybody. Yes, 100%. And that's where we use, you know, to, you know, try to get everybody, you know, if their skills need to work on, whatever they need to do, we try to help every angle to, to making sure uh, our players, that they feel that uh, they're getting that extra work they need to do to get to where they need to go. So it's, it's, I think it's important, very important to us. The, the, one, of the, one of the things that I wanted to make sure that I brought up, Mark, just about the whole coaching style and, you know, being accountable. I want to tell this, this short story about a game that we played when I was played for you in Sarnia. We played in Sault Ste. Marie. It was a very intense game. We ended up getting beat like by four or five goals. It was like 6-1 or 5-1, right? But the last five minutes of the game, there was like three or four fights. And we sent a message that, you know what I mean? That if we're going to lose, we're going to lose fighting, right? Like that, that's what's going to happen. It's not going to be an easy win. And they kind of like celebrated on their last couple goals and stuff. It wasn't necessary. So we sent a message. Long bus ride home. Sunday night. Everyone's got school tomorrow. You said, lights go on. Guys, I want everyone to bring their bags in and sit in their stalls. We're having a team meeting. Team meeting starts. You go around the room. You make everybody rate themselves from five to one. Because you know how you have that the NHL rating system where it's, you know, the five to one for every game, right? You made everybody say what they thought the rating was, and then you corrected them pretty quickly and said, nope, this is what you were today, right? When it came around to me, I had a really good fight with Timmy Safiris that night, okay? You came to me. You said, Sean McMorrow, what do you think your rating was? I'm like, I don't know, Hans, a three? Sean McMorrow, your rating was a five. You did what you had to do today. You stuck up for your teammates. You did your job. Good job, Sean McMorrow. Right? Yeah. That meeting for me, I remembered the rest of my career. Do you do that rating system still? Yeah, we do still a rating system. Yes, we do. We, uh, you know what? Because I, I think people, the players have a hard time evaluating how they played. Now, it's not all yelling and screaming either. It's just making sure they read what you, what you did good and what you need to do and how you read your play and how you help the team out. And, and I think it's important to evaluate yourself, right. And, and then after that, you knew where you stood, how to evaluate yourself and how to, how to get better as a player and how to, uh, how to judge your game at the end of the day. I I think it's, I think it's really important. Yes. Now, Hans, the London Knights as an organization has been known to be very, very, um, nice when it comes to charity work, right? This is what I really like what I was reading about you guys that you and Dale are being very heavily involved in the charities in London. And in 2010, you guys made a pretty big pledge, didn't you? To, to, for the, what was it? The, the Special Olympics or? Special Olympics. We do a lot for the Children's Hospital. 
Um, so I, I, it's something that uh, over the years, uh, you know what, we, the junior nights um, and you know what, the cancer, we had uh, in 05, I mean, this is a long time ago now, but uh, one of our players uh, had an idea to make a house of green. And so everybody, uh, uh, the fans buy sweater or t-shirts and they dress the house of green. It raised, I think it was like sixty, seventy thousand dollars It went all for charity where the fans were a part of it. House of green, uh-huh. all the money went to cancer. Uh, so it, it was things that we try to do to make sure we're giving it back to the community and stuff like that. Uh, you know what we're proud of. I mean, we can be proud of our, our records and, you know, winning championships and, you know, developing hockey players. But, you know, I, I think it's so important in our community work that, you know what, we don't talk about it much. We should talk about it more. But uh, it's something that uh, as a staff and their London Knights or, or marketing people or, or, or PR person do a lot of work to make sure we're involved in the community and creating money for the community and, and making money for the community. Yes. And there's nothing better than a strong front office, Mark, that has community things going on because it's so important for the team to be a leader in the city, man, because the London Knights is where it's at if you're in London. I'm telling you, the university students, to the locals, to the people that live like an hour or two hours away, it's all kind of the, the region, like anything anything east of anything east of Sarnia, right? Yes, it is. <laughs> There's a big area there, and you know what? Kids, the fans, guys, over the years, we put on good teams, but they've been so supportive of our our, our team and uh, the players and in the community. And so it's been a great ride, and hopefully we got more more of a ride here left. Uh, it's uh, something that uh, we get over this pandemic and get into uh, get into some more games here and, and have some more fun uh, watching hockey. Yes, Can we get course. over this pandemic i'm definitely coming out and checking out this stadium you make sure you, both you guys come out and you come come down to the dress room after and uh talk to our players and uh see dale and myself that's a that's a date guys yeah buddy we're, we're we're definitely coming mark one thing that i just wanted to brush up on mark is is the toronto maple leaf experience because i when i heard that news that they had hired you i'm like well finally someone figured it out this guy's just throwing NHL players to the league, right? So finally Toronto, like like you, and then I saw, I also loved it, Mark, when you went back to London. Like I saw that you, that you returned to London as the general manager, and I'm like, you know what? He's got such a good thing going there. They're producing so many players. That's probably like, like where he feels at home. And it, is, is that the case? Yeah, you know what it is. I mean, I, I enjoy my my time in London, and I enjoyed myself that time in Toronto. I, I, I was, uh, you know, what I learned a lot. I mean, it was being part of a national league, being especially a, such a historic franchise as the Toronto Maple Leafs. So, and you know what, working with a guy like Lou Lamarillo, you know what, uh, you know what, he's you guys, he's he's a special person. I, I, I mean, I know he's a Hall of Famer, but uh, anybody that's involved with Lou, you know, just walks away with amazement how. You know, he just gets it. You're talking about creating a team, toughness on a team, character on the team, skill. He puts all the ingredients together and making sure it's the right blend. 
and uh, he has a great formula to make sure it's a winning it's a winning uh, blend. So, and that's when you know what that's it's great when you come back and when you see how people do things. And you know what? And sometimes you go, you know what? Yeah, I'm on the right page. When you see some guy like Lou, uh, how he does things, you go, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm you know what? What we're doing in London, how we develop kids, how we making sure we keep them in structure, making sure there's discipline. And uh, I see that kind of stuff, and I think it's important. Yeah, that you continue and, and and making sure that our young players keep improving on a daily basis. Now, I know I asked you before the show about like training camp and all that kind of stuff. So when are things again firing up for these London Knights of yours? Uh, on the uh, 31st of, uh, of August, uh, we start on a Monday and uh, we start training camp. We'll go all week on training camp and then we have some exhibition games on the Friday, Saturday, Away we go. And, uh, geez, it's, it's exciting for us guys, even old guys like Dale, myself, that have been around forever. You know, we haven't played hockey for a year and a half here, and it's something that uh, we're really looking forward to. And the fans of London are looking forward to. And you know what? And you guys got to come up and watch a game here and come and see us. Make sure you guys do. I want to see it. Oh, Mark, 100%. And, like, I, I know that we've gone over the timeline, Mark, and I appreciate it so much, buddy, because, like, I'm telling you one thing, like, I can't even think of someone that has had a bigger impact on my career, Mark. And so, like, I appreciate the way that you've dealt with me, the things that you have taught me, and, and the impact that you've had on me, brother. And, and it's such a big deal. And, like, I know Kyle was stoked when, when he had heard that, that we had landed you for the show, buddy, because, man, you're a big-time guest, my friend. I just, <laughs> I, I've never turned you down, Sean. I, you got, uh, you got something that I want. I'm proud of you where, where you're at right now, and good for you. Continue to to roll along here. Good for you. I appreciate it, buddy. Kyle, anything else for this great man? Oh, I apologize again for being a bit late, but uh, I'm hey, super buddy, happy. Hey, glad you made it. Yeah, I'm super happy that you came on, Mark. It was it was an honor to meet you. Okay, guys. You guys have awesome. Good... Yeah. John, so, seriously, so though, guys, sorry, go ahead. Make sure you guys come up. Dale would we love will. to see you. Yes, 100%, Mark. And I just want to thank all our listeners for tuning in to another episode of The Sheriff featuring special guest Mark Hunter, Stanley Cup champion and huge idol of The Sheriff. Thanks, guys. We'll tune in to next time. Woo!